Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. What's in your wallet? My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and uh, what are you drinking today? I am very well and I am still drinking Omegang Henny Pin Farmhouse Sisa. Still going with that. That's a big beer. That's right. Yeah. It is very big. 750 ml. You know what I'm doing? Water. <laughs> because Lame. it's the summer, right? This is what happens in the summer. You drink water. It's getting hot out there. Before we get started, guys, if you have questions about personal finance, shoot us an email with your question. Listen to Money Matters at gmail.com. We also want submissions for catchphrases. Today's catchphrase, what's in your wallet? You know where that's from. I don't have to tell you. But send us in your catchphrases to our Twitter account, at Money Matters Man. You can send them via email. You can send a bunch. You can keep sending them constantly. We'll keep reading them. Uh, we really want to hear from you guys, so email us in. Listen to Money Matters at gmail.com. Today... On the show, uh, we have a gentleman named Chris Costello. Chris co-founded and runs a company called Bloom.com. It's B-L-O, or I'm sorry, B-L-O-O-M. So it's B-L-O-O-M, O-O-O-M, three O's. A startup that's out to fix a million 401ks by providing or by taking over the day-to-day management of your retirement account. I, I butchered it. But Chris, how are you today? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. The important thing is that you, I think you definitely emphasize the three O's. There is three key. O's in bloom. Yes. <laughs> it was crazy as we had to pay like five grand for that domain too. Really? Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you, it's yeah, blue, obviously BL. The good thing is if you mess up and you type in bloom with two O's.com, mm-hmm. it takes you to like an online makeup sales company. Ah. So you've know you know you've arrived at the wrong spot, right? Right. <laughs> and I mean, Bloom's a great name. So I want you to describe what Bloom is to our listeners. So Bloom is a online tool. Mm-hmm. It's an investment advisory firm registered with the SEC that will take over and manage your four hundred one k for you for ten dollars a month. Okay. You do not have to leave your company. Uh, you don't have to roll it over to an IRA. This is for people who are at work right now, investing in their 401k, feeling overwhelmed, feeling intimidated, feeling behind the eight ball. Um, uh, just a general sense of I've got this nagging thing in the back of my head that tells me, you know what, I need to be doing a better job with this 401k. But the problem is, is no Wall Street and the in the traditional wealth management industry out there will not help me because I don't have a gazillion dollars in, in my account. Bloom will help you whether you've got $100 in your account or $100 million for, for a fee. Uh, it could be even as low as a dollar a month. Um, for accounts below $5,000, the fee's a dollar a month. The most it would ever be is $10 a month. So um, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, like 401k uh, strategy in depth in a second, but I just wanted to ask you um, why, like, what, what can Bloom do for you when it takes over your uh, 401k? Well, there's been a lot of studies that have been done over the years, um, and the, the big thing we think is that it will do a better job at managing your allocation for you by having uh, a professional do it for you as opposed to yourself or maybe your brother-in-law that you call up on the phone and try and get advice from. So we, we feel like somebody that's got professional advice given to them on their 401k will end up with more money in that account down the road. Hmm. So I, here's what I'm, I'm curious about. I have a, I'm, say I work for a company. And uh, the company I worked for where I did have a 401k was Principal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. yep. Uh, so 401k company. Yeah. How do I? I mean, what what are, what are the steps that I have to go through to get to to use Bloom? And does Bloom work with Principal or is Bloom its own Principal? Great question. Yeah. So Bloom works with every 401k pl- provider that there is, and there's a ton of them. Principal happens to be a huge one. Okay. Principal and Fidelity are the two big ones. Um, but you know, you could work for a small company, and they may use you know. Uh, you know, an unheard of 401k provider. It does, it, it does not matter. All that someone needs is a user ID and password that they have to log in to, to, to review their existing 401k. So whether you're at the principal or Fidelity or Vanguard or wherever else, all someone would need is a user ID and password that they use to get in and, and check their 401k. Through Bloom. Um, well, that's actually no the the user ID and password that they use to look at their four hundred one k as it is. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then they would come to Bloom uh, with three O's, mm-hmm. yep, <laughs> and right. uh, you know check 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 us out, find out who we are, read about the uh, why it's important to have professional help, uh, professional advisor giving uh, giving advice and and managing things for you. Um, there's about a, a minute and a half video that shows exactly what's going to happen to you. You know, if you if you sign up, the process of signing up and what happens, what the analysis that we go through, how your existing 401k allocation is displayed, and then what it should be, how it should be invested. I've been doing this now. I've been in this business now for 19 years, and I have seen hundreds and hundreds of uh, 401k allocations from my clients. Uh, more importantly, a lot of my people my age and younger, and Eight out of ten times when I look at someone's 401k, how they have it inv- invested is materially jacked up. You know, somebody that's 29 years old that has 50% of their account sitting in the money market option, earning zero. And hmm. we all know people our age, this, this demographic, not the baby boomers, our demographic, we're not going to have pensions when we retire. Right. Social Security could look different. I don't think it'll be gone, but it could look different by the time we get to retirement age. And so, what's what's left then? The the only what's the only saving grace left that can help you have a dignified retirement if you're young? Mm, Your four hundred one k. Right. Your four hundred one k. And so, it's it's critical that those dollars. You know, the the hard part has been over the years getting people to sign up for the four hundred one k. So that's the first step. Let's sign up for the four hundred one k. But start putting at least ten percent of your paycheck away. That's what you recommend. At least that amount. Yeah. Okay. At least that amount. Um, then, but then, a close second. It's like, okay, you've worked so hard to get these people to sign up, and they've bought into the concept of I'm putting my hard-earned money into an account that I'm not going to touch for thirty years, which is a, which, which has been a hard thing to sell, hard people, hard thing to convince people to do. But if you've got them saving in their four hundred one k. My gosh, let's at least make that money make sure that that money's working for you. Yeah. And I can't I can't tell you how many times I've seen I mean what you would consider incredibly smart, intelligent, well-educated people in my office. I had a 34-year-old attorney uh in my office the other day and had $80,000 in their 401k sitting in cash in the money market option. He hadn't made anything on it in the last couple of years. What? I could go on and on with all kinds of stories like no, that. No, I'm sure. I mean like look, I uh, and uh, case in point, I, I, my boss convinced me instead of giving me a raise, he said, Hey, why don't you jump into our 401k plan? 
Uh, all right. I have no idea what the hell that was. But I guess it's a raise. Is it? Mm-hmm. No, not really. Um, but he said, you know, we match. Again, I'm mm-hmm. learning this all for the first time. I, I didn't know what the percentage is. So I just went to the HR lady and I said, uh, you know, my uh, Kenny says I need to be in the, you know, the 401k plan. So, yeah, put me in. She's like, how mm-hmm. much do you want to contribute? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just left it up to her because I don't I didn't know. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I I guess I she put me in for as much as they would match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, good, good, good default. Okay. And uh, that was about it. That's about as had, much as I know. And you, yeah. And you, and so you may or may not have had an opportunity to go listen to – sometimes companies will have their 401k resource person that will come in once a year. He'll buy pizza for the office. Sure. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know mandatory or not mandatory. People show up. They eat the pizza. Some guy's up there in a three-piece suit. And he's talking about allocation and sharp ratio and uh, – I worked for a very small company. We didn't have that. We had, <laughs> the health insurance guy came in with pizza and uh, the sexual harassment guy came in with pizza, <laughs> but not the 401K guy. The great, wonderful, the most yeah. important guy that probably needs to be there. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So, well, 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 but my point is even if they would have had that guy come talk to you, most people leave that meeting feeling more intimidated and confused than when they got there. Sure. Because we've, we've failed people, we've failed younger people about making this sensible. And so, you know, if somebody comes to Bloom and they go on our website and they actually see what this thing will do, there's no, there's no complex graphs and charts like you see smattered all over Wall Street, you know, we, in, in kind of playing off of the theme with, with the name of the company. We use a flower as an analogy. We use the health of a flower compared to the health of your 401k. And if your 401k is too conservative, your flower is going to look dead and dying. And if you've got, which we see this sometimes, you know, some, sometimes people put 100% of their 401k into their com- only one thing, their company stock. Hmm. Or they've got 100% of their 401k in just one single solitary, you know, real risky mutual fund. And in that case, your flower is going to kind of look like a, you know, a mean looking Venus flytrap. And so we wanted to make it very, um, unintimidating for somebody to come to bloom feel comfortable um and and see without having to interpret complex charts and graphs why their allocation maybe isn't the way it should be now if they need to change the allocation do you guys do that or is it you're just showing data to them and then they have to go and do it with principal or whoever that's that's i'm glad you brought that up because in, there are solutions out there right now that will offer you the advice on your 401k, and then basically it'll be an email that'll be sent to you, and they say, "Okay, you know, here's how your 401k can be should be allocated. Good luck to you. Go go uh, contact right. your provider yeah. and do that yourself." And the analogy I like to use with that is when we go to the dentist, and the dentist says, "You know, okay, Chris, you know, you need to be flossing more." And I look at the dentist and I say, and I shake my head, "Yes, yeah, of course I will." Mm-hmm. And then you leave the dentist and you don't floss. Right. And that's unfortunately that's what's going to happen. We think with a lot of the solutions out there that just give you the advice. So Bloom, part of that ten dollar fee that you're, if you decide to become a client, uh, that fee basically is paying Bloom to do that for you. So if you sign up, you're basically saying Bloom. I, I want to outsource this to you. I want Bloom to reallocate this thing as it should be. You know, you, you've got to, the, 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 the client has to approve it. 
And there's some latitude that you can kind of tweak our recommended allocation if you choose. Most people in our experience so far have not messed with that. Um, but you're hiring us to basically do that for you. And then every 90 days, Bloom goes back into your account, checks your allocation to make sure nothing's changed because sometimes funds change, choices change. Um, you know, sometimes we, we've seen situations where somebody has gone in and panicked and pulled the, uh, the escape hatch and gotten out of their 401k. Bloom's going to know that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try and talk you back off the cliff and back in. You know, a 28-year-old doesn't need to be time in the market. It's got 30 years till retirement. We believe that needs to be stayed fully invested. So those are things that we can monitor, we can stay on top of, we can encourage people to participate more. Uh, but the big thing is is somebody can finally, that's younger, feel like I'm getting the same advice that somebody with a gazillion dollars would be getting. You know, we've got, between myself and my partner, the two guys that built this firm, I basically took the knowledge that was in my head of, of giving 401k and allocation advice and coded that into the software and the algorithms on the website. Mm-hmm. So, so can be, speaking of, of this, this knowledge of, of 401k advice, t- tell us uh, some of the strategies that uh, could be implemented to, to improve your 401k. The, bi- the biggest thing I've seen is just um, more, if I had to pick one, I yeah, guess. Yeah, say major, one big thing, yeah. One major problem, yeah, is that somebody is um, too conservative with their allocation. And um, one of the, 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 really the only means that we believe is pertinent to determining what somebody's mix of investment should be is their time horizon to retirement. And so the nice thing about 401ks uh, is that they are retirement accounts, and, and according to the IRS tax code, those are really investments that kind of have to stay in a retirement account until age 59 and a half, for the most part. So we know it's not like we're it's not like Bloom is out there trying to manage money for somebody that might be saving up to buy a car in 18 months. Okay, we're talking about. 401ks, and I say 401ks, but 403bs in the same in the same exact same situation. Those are accounts that, by default, have to be there until you're 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, roughly retirement. And so, we know we've got accounts that we're dealing with 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 most of Bloom's clients that are younger folks that have got long time horizons. And so, therefore, we believe that the only we believe the only determinant in your in how your allocation is, should be set up is your time horizon to retirement. And so that one I guess there's one problem I see is that somebody who's, you know, 28 or 30 years old, they've got too much of their money in their 401k in bonds or in cash that's earning next to nothing. And we can't as the problem we talked about earlier where 401k may be the only saving thing from these people having a dignified retirement down the road, the only we can't have a third of their account or a half of their account or, God forbid, all of their account earning zero or one percent for the next 30 years. And that's, that's kind of the problem we see um, in, in target date funds. And to, I hate to say target date funds are all the same because they're all built differently. Well, so you're, but, I mean, you're, I think you're getting – I'm like I'm way I, – I may have to take a step back for a second if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I am the moron of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not really aware of what, like, just to go back to the simple idea of why even have a 401k, right? Okay. So, um, 
you know, like I said, when I when I had a job and I worked for a small business, I did not have a 401k. My boss said, you should get into one. And I said, what is it? Right. So, uh, you know, what's the what would be the biggest reason to why somebody of my age, 28, 29, 30, anybody really should start right now? If you don't have a 401k, what's your advice to why you should have a 401k today? Okay. Like just just to jump in and and get one if your job offers it. Exactly. That was the point I was going to make. Right. Hopefully, let's assume that that you're that where you work, they offer that. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's 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 few and far between of companies, regardless of size, that don't offer four hundred one ks. But but so I think most of them do. Let, let's let's go with that assumption that, that you can you can go in and, and sign up for one. Okay. So backing up a little bit, it used to be our parents and our grandparents when they worked from age 22 till age 60, let's assume. A lot of times those folks worked for one company or just a few companies, and most of those companies back then would pay you a pension. And a pension would basically be uh, a check sent to your mailbox each month for the rest of your life in retirement. Um, So you'd put in your time with um, a, a company, and when you retired from that company, they handed you the proverbial gold watch and a promise to pay you um, a, a certain amount each month for the rest of your life. That was, that was called a pension. And then at certain ages, yeah, as we all know, Social Security would kick in and, and give you a little bit extra money on top of that. And that allowed most people in that time horizon, in that age demographic, to have a dignified retirement. And they can still travel uh, and do some of the things that they'd maybe not been able to do while they were working hard. Um, so that was kind of how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, those days are absolutely over. Um, mm-hmm. If I had if I had a room full of a hundred of my friends, and I said, "Raise your hand in this room if you're going to get a pension, you're going to get a check from sent to you when you retire." Uh, fewer than ten would raise their hands, and it would be my friends that are teachers, and my friends that are maybe firefighters and police officers. Okay, right. maybe some other government workers. Everybody else that's in the private sector, not going to get a pension. Okay, and so let's talk about those ninety some odd people out of a hundred that are not going to get a pension. It falls now squarely on their shoulders and their shoulders only to save for their retirement because there's not going to be that pension check that's waiting for them to bail them out. So it is absolutely critical that they start socking away money as early as possible for the retirement or what I think is going to happen. One of two things is going to happen if you don't. And I'm not trying to be doom and gloom here, but what's going to happen is that let's say a typical uh, husband and wife, let's say they're, they're, they're doing good and they're making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, husband and wife together. Um, and, but they're, but unfortunately they're, they're not doing a good job of saving money or they're not saving at all in their 401ks. What happens is they're going to at some point get to be 60 years old or 62 or whenever, whatever age they'd like to retire. And one of two things will happen at that point. Either A, they have to take a massive reduction in lifestyle because they have not saved themselves. They're, as we talked about, they're not going to get a pension. They may only have Social Security. So you talk about a couple that's been living off of $100,000, you know, inflation adjusted all those years, and all of a sudden 
they may have to learn to live off of $30,000 if they've got no savings. And that would be coming from Social Security. Social Security, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So most people would say, well, gosh, I I don't want to do that. You know, I don't mean, I'm only 60. I hope to live another 30 years. How how can we live off $30,000? So the other option is what? You just keep working. You just just keep working. Uh, You you just keep, you flat out just can't retire. And so that 401k, the, the retirement account savings vehicle, 401k, 403b, that has to be what you do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, and, and of course you can save money outside your 401k, but, but the, the advantage to the 401k is, we can talk about this, is that usually your employer is going to match some of your savings. Great. You know, 100% rate of return right out of the gates. Right. Okay. And I'm not trying to get too complicated here. We have when, you to. Save in your, when you're saving your 401k, those dollars come out of your paycheck pre-tax. And what that means is if you make 50 grand a year, but you put 10 of that into your 401k, the IRS only taxes you on 40 grand. Okay, so you get a tax benefit in saving inside your 401k. So we always tell people that are starting to save the 401k is always the best place to start saving. Uh, if it's you know if this is intended to be long term money, um, and so people once they once I think that if they hear that story and I and I hate to put it that bluntly you know that kind of that example, but maybe kind of hitting someone square between the eyes is enough to say okay, we need to find a way to save to start saving. Go sign up. Talk to your talk to the business owner. Talk to if you've got an HR person. How do I sign up for this four hundred one k? If you're not already doing that. Ideally, at least ten percent mm-hmm. of your check. I, I had somebody tell me a long time ago: when you take a first job or a first significant paying job, if somebody says they're going to pay you fifty grand, pretend that you just heard them say forty-five. Okay. Just pretend that you heard forty-five because you're going to take that ten percent and put it in the four hundred one k. Right. So whatever they tell you, pretend that you hear ten percent less than that, and know that that's going in the four hundred one k. So here's where Bloom comes in because. So we're talking about right now, at a very bare minimum, let's get people to, to start saving money in a 401k. Right. Okay? The next thing is make sure they're participating enough. You know, $25 a month um, when you're 40 years old is not going to cut the mustard. Well, know? I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, um, you know, it, it comes out of your uh, paycheck pre-tax. Mm-hmm. Okay. You recommend 10%. Mm-hmm. Why does the government control how much I can invest into a 401k? Hmm. We could really go down probably a weird conspiracy theory type uh, avenue with that. <laughs> I mean, here's, the, but here's why I ask because and, – and I would be all about the conspiracy theory. But uh, <laughs> the reason I ask is because you, know, you had mentioned pensions as like, like government uh, 401ks. Right. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. it's up to the private sector now because we don't have uh, pensions yeah, anymore. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's up to us to do our own work. So then if that's the case and it's private sector, then why, why limit it? Why limit it? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I don't I don't, unfortunately I don't have an answer for you. OK. It's, and, 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 uh, t- let's, let's be clear about one thing, though. It's it's j- almost never a percentage maximum. It's almost always a dollar. Yeah, it's seventeen five, right? In fourteen in two thousand fourteen. Yes, exactly. Seventeen thousand five hundred is that. That's if you really want to be honest, that's the ideal number. 
you know, forget what I said, 10%. I mean, okay. 17.5, if you could, if you can swing that is the ideal amount. Um, the other thing I wanted to back up and I'm, you know, personal fans, finance, as you guys well know, it has a lot of different layers and, mm-hmm. but I wanted, I should maybe put this disclaimer in there. I do think that if you're carrying around, um, a gigantic lead ball behind you known as student loan debt or credit card debt or car debt, we really believe wholeheartedly that that stuff needs to be tackled first right. before you start going after your 401k. Now, I, Dave Ramsey, um, that, I mean, that's, that, a lot of that advice I'm talking about comes from him. I think where we may differ a tiny bit is that he's, I think he, and I'm not 100% certain, I think he talks about not saving anything into your 401k until you're debt-free. It's hard for me to, to tell a client to pass up a free company match right if it's a, if there's a match exactly right. if there's a match you, i think you got to do just enough to get the maximum match you can mm-hmm. and then all other dollars are uh, other than that are diverted towards paying off your debt and i do believe in the snow snowball effect where you pay off your smallest debt balance first and then you go after you roll them up and go after the smallest to biggest so that you follow dave ramsey there though i do yes yeah, yeah. yep absolutely uh so all right that's where I was actually headed next was about um, the contribute the contributions from your employer. Mm-hmm. So um, in my case, my employer I think matched up to five percent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And is that five percent of seventeen five? No, that is that is. Um, let's say you were making fifty grand. Okay. Okay. And you were putting. Let's say you you were you were, you yourself were saving ten percent. Okay, mm-hmm. so you were contributing ten percent of your fifty thousand dollars salary, which would be five grand a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the employer was matching five percent of that, or five percent of your fifty thousand dollars. So the employer uh, in that case would kick in two thousand five hundred dollars on top of that. So think about that: you put in five grand, and using your example, then the employer was going to put in twenty five hundred dollars. So you've made a fifty percent rate of return mm-hmm. before we've even invested it. That's phenomenal. Should you now, if if um, if you have debt and you, and the mm-hmm. and the employer is offering five percent, and we're using this fifty thousand uh, dollar mm-hmm. salary example, should mm-hmm. somebody only put in twenty five hundred? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they're yeah. getting a hundred percent match. Bingo. Okay. So they're getting what five thousand dollars every year. Yeah, twenty five hundred from the employer and twenty five hundred from the employee until your debt's paid off. Yes, and then you can pump. And th- the- then you then you then you tackle. Then you then you start going after the four hundred one k. Now, when you put the money into that account, into that when you're when you have that five thousand dollars a year now, uh, it if you don't do anything or you don't know, it goes in blindly. Does it automatically go into a money market account? Because we can go into that now. Because yes. So uh, the, unless there's other things that I'm missing on the other side of things, like but just to get started. No, that's a that's a perfect transition because okay. so so what we've talked about so far is you know the the real risk in 401ks or the real risk in saving for retirement is a not participating in them. right. Okay. B. Now we're kind of starting to talk about B. The next biggest risk is not participating to the fullest extent. Okay. Mm. The third thing, which is where we're at now, is participating. In the wrong funds. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times these 401ks are set up to have a default option, which means if the, if the person, the, um, the participant doesn't make an election, doesn't go in and take the time to, you know, I'm going to put 10% here and 15% there and 20% and, and divvy their money up. 
lot of times there's a default choice, which means if you don't do anything, your contributions and the employer match will go into, into this particular choice. And oftentimes, to your point, which I think you just said, oftentimes that's like a money market or a stable value type option, mm-hmm. um, which is you know earning basically close to zero um, as we sit here today. And so this, this is where Bloom enter the, enters the picture is for these people that are, that have heard, you know, they've heard the message, they've drank the Kool-Aid that I need to save on my own. Nobody's going to be there. You know, I'm not going to get a pension check from my company. Lord knows social security ain't going to be enough to cut the mustard when I retire. So they, they believe that the 401k is one of the main ways that they're going to be able to have a dignified retirement. So they start to save there. Let's assume that they've got their debts paid off. So they're really going hog wild and they're contributing their 401k. Now, let's make sure at least that that money is in the right spot. Yeah. And most people don't know the answer to what the right spot is. And that's why Bloom is there. You know, Bloom is, is, um, is, is in this marketplace uh, taking – my 20 years, my business partner's got 15 years of experience of, you know, real life in the trenches with real people, their real accounts, you know, n- not necessarily gazillionaires. I mean, just real people trying to save for retirement. We've got all this experience that we've taken and now put it, put it in bloom so that these people that, that uh, become our clients are going to get that same advice and they, they'll, they'll, they'll have the same professional allocation advice that somebody would if they had, you know, millions and gazillions gazillions of dollars. And you guys will actually move that money around. Yeah. So if they, if they, um, uh, sign up to become a client, um, then they basically grant us the power of attorney, if you will, to use their, um, uh, their using encrypted technology. We can log into their 401ks make the changes for them, you know, mm-hmm. instead of sending them out the door with marching orders, please go do this. We will go do it for them. And then they also will know that every 90 days we're going to peek back into their account and make sure it's still invested properly. And then we'll stay with them as, as long as they'll keep us. And we'll keep stay track of with it. Them. Yes. And we will keep track of it. And as that, as that client grows older, we will automatically for them, morph or change their allocation for them to match their time horizon to retirement. Because we all know that somebody's allocation in their 401k should look different if you were 55 than if you were 25. And the the algorithm will automatically, the glide path, so to speak, that we've built will automatically take that person's money and shift it as they grow older and or get closer to retirement. So I'm curious. Uh, I, I totally get the you know stock loading in the front, bond at the at the end, closer to retirement. Uh, how do fees come into consideration on your allocations? That's that's uh, that's a good question. And and the good and the good news is that that fees are getting a lot more um, discussion these days. Um, costs within 401ks. What I can tell you is that we we have a bias. Uh, towards um, selecting the investments that are available to this to the client that are index funds that are that are um, traditionally going to be a lot lower cost structure. Um, we have a belief that lower cost and and uh, ironically performance in index funds is oftentimes better 
than their active manager counterparts. Um, the, the, the primary driver uh, that Bloom, the Bloom al- algorithm is going to try and get that person to is a right allocation. So I hate to keep using that word, but, it, but basically want to make sure they've got enough diversification in their account. They're not sitting in all company stock or one particular mutual fund or the money market option I've been kind of harping about. So we want to make sure that they've got plenty of diversification. But we will kind of bend um, uh, and, and slant the allocation, if you will, to use more of the index fund choices if they have them. You know, some, it, it, every 401k is, is constructed differently, you know, depending on where you work. Um, not necessarily every 401k offers index funds as a choice. Um, hmm. You know, we've seen enough of these. I think these days more and more, um, uh, you know, index funds are, are finding more and more homes inside of 401k plans, um, but not necessarily all of them. And so that's a way that we can move the needle a little bit. I mean, I, I know there's been situations where we've taken somebody's 401k and reallocated it, and just the cost, sa- cost savings alone has amounted to be more than what they were paying Bloom at $10 a month in fees. Just by, just by favoring index funds, um, we were, were able to do that. Wow. So uh, say there's a, a listener at home, and they, they have their 401k plan open, and they're just looking at the funds and the fees. Uh, like what amount of fees do you think would be like a huge red flag like a, like an urgent get out of that now type situation you should easily be able to find enough good options well below one percent if they're if they're if you're sitting in a bunch of funds that are that cost more than one percent i think that would be your red flag there um there there hopefully should be enough choices in there um Hopefully there's enough, you know, all the index fund choices are going to be well below, right. well below 1% a year. And let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this for a second. You talked about somebody at home and they're researching, they're doing some of their own research that are looking at their 401k choices. Something that has been absolutely flabbergasting to me is when we've really dug in and, you know, the, the, the folks we've signed up so far at Bloom, the clients we've got so far and the ones that I've seen over the years, so keep in mind, I've got almost 20 years of experience in this business. We've dug into some of these people's 401ks, and I'm looking at their fund choices, and I can't even figure out what the hell they are. <laughs> I mean, it's like they're written in like, it'll say FID, Fidelity, SPRTN, IDX, TR, you know, UIT. Oh, I, mean, I mean, how in, how in the heck are these people that are counting on these accounts – for their for their life saving, how, yeah, how right. is the average person supposed to figure that out? When I can't even, I'm a CFP with all this experience, and I can't even figure it out. I mean, we, we have, we unfortunately, we have so far, we have failed. I think this country, we have failed people in designing 401ks that a and make it easy to contribute, encourage people to contribute, and not make it so damn intimidating. You know, so you're like, so let's say you're somebody that. that that realizes that wants to take control of their own finances, which we all talk about. So you sit down one night after the after you put the kids to bed and you log into your four hundred one k and you pull up this stuff. You're like, "What the heck is this? I'm never going to figure this out." It's intimidating, and, and then they don't do it. They give up. Right? They, they give, give up. up. Right? Yeah. Or, or you know, maybe you know their brother in law who seems to have an interest and you know 
their broke brother-in-law, you know, that seems to have an interest in finance. They call him up and he makes some recommendations. And um, so it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a broke system. The opportunity is massive. There's, there's, there is 113 million people in the United States between the ages of 22 and 48. By, by some statistics and some industry studies, I think about 50 or 51 million people are actively participating in 401k plans. So A, there's a massive group of people that are not even contributing. And B, of those 51 million people, I know that a ton of those are messed up. They're just, they're just wrong. You know, the allocation, the investment mix is just flat out wrong. So um, I know that uh, the individual funds, you know, they'll, they'll charge you a certain fee and, you know, they'll, they'll convey their graphs uh, before fees and it'll be a little confusing. But uh, what I always wanted to know was, um, you know, if, if Fidelity is managing my 401k and I have all of my funds in, within okay. Fidelity, mm-hmm. does Fidelity take a fee on top of the fees? Generally, no. Um, occasionally, there'll be some, and I don't want to get uh, too off the tracks here, but there'll be some options where you can pay a fee and have maybe kind of a separate account, if you will. But but I'd say for 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 general information purposes, normally no. Normally, it's just the fees of the mutual funds themselves. That's normally it, and those can range from on the low side. Uh, those uh, those fund expenses could be on the low side, maybe a third of a percent a year, up to as high as maybe a, I hope not, but but maybe two percent a year. Um, those are one of the things I I talk to people about all the time is that those fees are hidden from you. Um, they're not advertised on your statement. You don't see them, you know, uh, you don't get a bill for them, you know, you don't get an invoice for them. They're baked into the mutual fund themselves. But just because you don't see them, they're, they're definitely there. They're obviously disclosed in the prospectus, which, you know, most people don't need to read or uh, end up reading. Um, but um, uh, it can, yeah, so it's certainly it can certainly range from, like I say, about a third of a percent, maybe up to 2% a year. So, um, you, so, you know, someone listens to this episode and, you know, they're setting up the 401k and then they look through all the fees and they do the allocations. Um, could it, could it be reasonable to expect that the fees may change or that they, they need to, after doing the research, change funds because just, the investment uh, strategy in those funds has changed. Not, not so much. Um, generally, the fees on the funds themselves aren't going to vary significantly. If they do, it's going to be teeny, 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 tiny amounts that that won't that won't move the needle too much. And and I want to be very careful about you know cautioning uh, your listeners to not just look at obviously. Uh, if they're doing this on their own, not just to look at the um, internal expenses on the funds themselves, because truthfully, if they just use that as their criteria, they they could very well end up with a portfolio full of bond funds and money market funds. Those are generally the lowest cost options. But again, as we've been talking about, we don't want a you know a 29 year old to have a bunch of money in bonds and and money market when they're trying to save for a, a 30 year retirement. Um, one of the filters that we use when we bring our data in, um, Morningstar does a very good job for us in 
because um, you may have a good example of this. Um, we talk about this on our website a little bit. Is uh, you could have a fund. Now I'll use one. I'll use the same example that we have on our website. American Funds Growth Fund of America. The American Funds Growth Fund of America. Big, huge mutual fund. A lot of people may have heard of that. So it's actually got the word American in the name twice. Okay? Clever name. Clever name. <laughs> so it's got American in the name twice, but about 15% of the fund is in international stocks. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> so, so, but, but the tools that we have that we pay you know, a, a fair amount to, to get access to through Morningstar each year, basically when we look at somebody's 401k lineup, Morningstar actually dissects every single fund and breaks down each fund into their, you know, how much of the fund is in U.S. stocks, how much of the fund is in international, how much is in small companies versus large companies. So we can actually, instead of just saying, here, put, you know, 50% in this fund and 50% in this fund, we can really fine tune and dial it in to make sure that our clients really have money in all the major asset classes out there, small, medium, large size companies, international, emerging markets, you know, if they need some bonds, what type of bonds there is. That's hard to do when you just look at the name of funds. Or it's it's even it's hard to do even if you kind of peel back the first layer and look under the hood a little bit, the information that might be presented to you when you log into your four oh one K. Does that I don't know if I answered that question clearly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh so um, I have a question. I have a qu- I have some questions here. Uh, what do you What do you do if your employer doesn't match? Um. So are we going to assume that the person's debt free? We're going to assume that my boss, <laughs> back in the day, because I'm just taking this from personal experience, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, tells me to get into a 401k because. I don't have a, I don't have enough money to pay you uh, more money. I don't have a, you can't get a raise, but you should get into a 401k because guess what? We match five percent. Great. Okay. Jump into the 401k. One mm-hmm. month later, sorry, we had to get rid of all the matching in 401ks. <laughs> I, I kid you not, that actually happened. <laughs> um, well, uh, obviously, you're a smart, personal finance savvy guy, so we'll use. I the am assume. now. I wasn't then. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's assume that back then you did not have a car payment. Uh, and you didn't have student loans, you didn't have credit card debt. That'd okay? be a terrible, that would be a terrible right. assumption, but okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow along. All right. And, and by the way, I don't care about the mortgage. The mortgage does not need to be paid off. Okay, yeah. There's other debts that, uh, that, you know, the high credit card debt and student loans, those are the things you want to get rid of. So sure. we'll say in your hypothetical um, uh, fantasy world example, can I say that? Yeah, perfect world <laughs> example. Yep, yep, yep. So that you didn't have those debts. And so... You got into the 401k on the premise that they were going to match it, and then it was yanked out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I'm sure happened a lot in 2008. Yes, yeah. So what's this money for? What are you saving it for? Who's it for, your employer or for you? I'm going to imagine it'd be for me. For you, yeah. yeah. So, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it'd be great if your employer matched, but if they don't, and this is your money. This is your retirement. Yeah. You know, so darn well, still got to do it. There's more reason to do it myself. Right. Yeah. And what do you do if your employer doesn't even offer a 401k at all? Can, uh, you, get a, can you get a private 401k? Not while you're an employee of uh, a W-2 employee of a company. I see. Um, so the first thing I would say is, you know, knock on your boss's door and 
you know, beg him to, you know, set up something, you know, even, even, uh, there's, there's a number of plans out there. We could have a whole nother discussion on this, but, uh, there's a number of plans out there where, um, a small business owner could set up with almost no cost and no headaches. So it's really, a lot of times the companies that don't offer 401ks are the companies that have a bunch of 1099 employees. Which is uh, the second company I worked for. Oh, really? I I had a 401k at my first company. I had some money in there. And then I went to my new company, and they did not offer any retirement packages whatsoever. Okay. Uh, So then my 401k just sat there and did jack shit for the Mm -hmm. most part. Right. Well, so two things. Um, So number one, that 401k, uh, certainly could be rolled over to an IRA. It could have. Uh, it could, but but again, you know, you've got to be you, you've got to be confident and capable enough to manage that IRA on your own. And right. you know, and, and this gets back to the the very genesis of the idea of Bloom is that we feel like most people in their twenties and thirties that that don't have a gazillion dollars, you roll that money into an IRA, you're going to have a tough time finding a qualified credentialed advisor to give you advice on that because you still have enough money mm-hmm. for them. Okay. So you leave in your 401k, Bloom can now step in and manage that for you. Okay. Right. The second part of, of your, your, your example, you went to a new company, you were a 1099 employee. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could have actually set up a SEP IRA um, for yourself at that point. And that would have allowed you to contribute money on a pre-tax basis to a retirement account. Really? To the 401k or just another retirement? No, it's, to the in, that case, in that case, it'd be called a SEP IRA. If you were a 1099 contract employee, okay. you could set up a SEP IRA. And the 401k you know, would roll over? You could roll that 401k into that SEP IRA. Okay. You could leave the 401k um, where it was. Um, and you know, an option like obviously a Bloom could manage it for you. You could continue to leave that in the 401k. Sometimes... Sometimes companies will say you can leave it in the 401k as long as it's above five thousand uh, dollars. Otherwise, they'll kind of kick you out of the plan. That we see that happen from time to time. Mm-hmm. So there, there are options. Um, worst case scenario is you work at a company where you're a W two employee and they don't have a 401k. And so in that case, you beg your boss to offer one, um, or B, you do things like Roth IRAs. Right. Uh, you know, it may not be pre-tax dollars, but at least it's saving uh, towards a retirement. Uh, and those Roth IRAs can be opened at you know places like Fidelity and Schwab. Sure. Now, mm-hmm. um, are there Roth four hundred one ks, and can you get them? Yes. Yes. So there that are. that's that's going to be a a feature, if you will, within a four hundred one k. Not all companies have click that little radio button to turn the Roth 401k option on for their employees. Um, more and more, excuse me, these days are offering a Roth 401k, but it's it's still an account that's tied to your employer, that's kind of tied to the 401k. The, 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 the main difference between saving money into a, a traditional 401k versus a Roth 401k, and, and you can do both too. You can. A lot of people a lot of people split up their money and put some of their money, if they were contributing 10%, they may say, well, I want 5% of my money to go to the regular 401k, and I'll do 5% of my money to the Roth 401k. Not a bad idea at all. Um, that's called We call that tax diversification. Um, 
And, uh, you know, again, the key difference is that the money that goes into the traditional 401k comes out of your paycheck pre-tax. Mm-hmm. The money that goes into the Roth IRA comes out of your already taxed paycheck. So some people say, well, why in the world would I want to do a Roth 401k then? I, I do want that tax advantage. And clearly, the benefit in the Roth 401k is, yes, you're going to pay some taxes now, but once that money gets into the Roth 401k, it's never, ever taxed again okay. um, versus the traditional 401k that we know that once you do retire and you've built that 401k up to a million bucks and you hit 59 and a half. Is that the, da- you, that's the age? Yeah. And who knows why they made it 59 Yeah, it's like why a half? half I know. I know. I've, I've, I've again, I've we, wondered children? that myself and never, never understood. There's probably an answer somewhere buried in some tax code that I'm not aware of. Jeez. Oh, and so at, at retirement with a 401k, which in, in the – so that's what, that's what drives me nuts. Why is, the, why is a 401k at 59 and a half but Social Security is at 62, 65? Mm-hmm. 62 if you want to take why it, is it Why is it different? Well, Social Security actually was meant to be um, – uh, when it was – first introduced uh, in the 1930s, it was meant to be um, what they call, I think they used to actually call it old age insurance maybe, Um, uh, something close to that. But it was meant to um, basically be kind of a fail-safe that um, if you worked hard your whole life and you paid into Social Security and Things happened in your life where you know, you know, maybe you weren't able to save enough money on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, you had medical issues and, and, and kids that maybe required a lot of um, you know expenses, medical issues, whatever the case may be. Your, your business, you know, you lost a business or something that that you got to be in your sixties, and at least there was some kind of safety. A safety net there. So, like the unemployment for the for uh, older for the old, yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 a good way of saying it. And and what's happened is that they they kind of kept, you know, pushing that age out um, a little bit further. You know, so by the time that people like us get to be retirement, you know, yes, we can still still take it at sixty two for the time being, and they haven't changed that yet. But really, the full retirement age, which you sometimes hear about when talking about Social Security, right? You know, for us, might be sixty-eight. You yeah. know, as, as people are are living longer, that may even get pushed out a little bit further. So, um, the other thing is that you know, I've heard the direction I thought you were going with that is why is it fifty-nine and a half? What if you wanted to retire at fifty-five? You know, why is your money tied up? Yeah, in all right, fifty-nine and a half. Um, but there, there are uh, there are some ways to get your money out of your retirement accounts before 59 and a half, but it's kind of a pain in the butt in some situations. Well, that was the thing. So um, truth be told, I Mac, I, I cashed out my 401k. As soon as, I, <laughs> as soon as I went to the new company and they didn't mm-hmm. offer it, I and they didn't offer me an IRA either. And mm-hmm. at the point, I didn't know any better. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I think I had to pay off something in my house. I yeah. I took, I, I just, I cashed out. I knew there was penalties to pay and all that. I just paid yeah. them, whatever. Yeah. Uh, sucks, I'm mad I did it, but I, what's done is done. Mm-hmm. At retirement, though, at fifty nine and a half, mm-hmm. uh, since you're you, you're not you, you pay something, right? You you don't just take that money out. Like I say, you have a million dollars in your four hundred one k. Okay, you don't get all that money, do you? No, no. Most of the time, what would happen at that point is you would roll that four hundred one k to an IRA. Uh, you you know you'd retire, you'd leave your company, um, and you'd move it into uh, an IRA, and then you know traditional hey, or Roth. 
uh, it would have to go to a traditional okay. first. Okay. And you know, hey, you've got a million dollars, so there's a lot of you know wealth management people out there that would be glad to talk to you. You know, I sure. mean, finally, finally, you've got a gazillion dollars. Yeah. So people, people will be lined up at that point to manage your money for you. You'll you'll have you'll have a you'll have a choice of as many you wanted to pick from that would love to manage that money. Now, mm-hmm. and you're thinking to yourself, boy, it sure would have been nice if I'd have gotten the same professional advice when I was 28. You know, mm-hmm. I might have I might have been able to retire five years earlier. Or maybe I'd have a million and a half, you know, instead of a million dollars. Anyway, not to get off track there. So you retire at 60. Most people would roll that money uh, in, into an IRA. At that point, you can take money out of it. You're not penalized at all. You just pay taxes on it. So whatever you take out is what you pay taxes on. So if you took out $50,000 when you were 60, you would pay taxes on that fifty grand, just like it was earned income, um, but no penalty. Hmm. The difference. So, so a moment ago, we were talking about the Roth four hundred one k. So, if you have some money in a Roth four hundred one k that you had been contributing to, you knew that when that money was going into the Roth four hundred one k, you weren't getting that tax advantage at the time. But now, now is when you reap the benefits. Now let's say you're 60 years old and your million dollars is broken up 500,000 in the traditional 401k, 500,000 in the Roth 401k. Now you've got a half a million dollars that is 100% tax free mm-hmm. to take out. So that's that's the benefit of the Roth is you know you pay a little more taxes today for the benefit down the road. So um, I'm curious. So, say you you've retired, so you have no income from anyone, but you have only a 401k. Okay. Uh, when you roll it into the Roth IRA, like, how do they determine what you're going to be taxed at? Just the okay. lowest tax rate possible, or okay. So, so if you've got if you've got money, I want to make sure I understand your question correctly. If you've got a million dollars at and you're sixty. In your traditional 401k. Yes. That has to go into an IRA. It has to? Well, it can't go into a Roth first. You've got to get it out of the 401k and into an IRA first. Oh, okay? so you would never want to just cash it out full no, blown? No, no, no. No, definitely not. Okay. You want to do a. T- a and and t- why not? Why, why wouldn't you want to do it right away? That'd be a ton of taxes to pay. I mean, okay. think about it. If a million dollars income, you know, today's tax rates, you'd pay 400000 in federal taxes plus state taxes. I mean, you'd literally see almost half of your account wow. evaporate. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so you've got a million bucks, you're 60, in a for- traditional 401k. That, goes, that would need to be rolled into an IRA. That rollover is, is a non-taxable event. Mm-hmm. From there... If you want to get it into a Roth, that's when that's when they talk about a Roth conversion. Okay, not a Roth contribution, but a Roth conversion. So that money, if you convert it from an IRA to a Roth, to do that, you pay taxes on that those dollars. So if you said, "I got a million bucks in my IRA, I want to convert a hundred thousand of that into a Roth IRA." The IRS says, okay, you owe taxes on $100,000. Sometimes people will still opt to do that because they may feel like, I feel like tax rates going forward are going to be a lot higher. So I'd rather pay the piper today at these rates and get it into that Roth where it will never be taxed again. 
Hmm. So, but but assuming you did, let's let's take the Roth conversion off the table. Let's just assume you've got that that money sitting in your four hundred one k that you're going to roll to your IRA. The amount in taxes that you pay is one hundred percent dependent on what you choose to take out. If you need fifty grand to live on, you take fifty grand out. You pay taxes on fifty grand. Got it. If you don't take any money out that year, you don't pay any taxes. So on I mean, at fifty nine and a half, you don't have to do anything. You could you nope. keep your just. Could you just keep it going? You keep it going. You keep it in the 401k. Uh, you could tag to a tax-free rollover like I talked about to the IRA, but you don't actually have to distribute it out to yourself unless you, need, you needed it. Hmm. So that mm, is sort of confusing me now because what's the point of even having a 401k? Why not just have it raw from the very beginning? Well, you, you, there's, there's an argument that can be made for that. The, but the benefit, like we talked about earlier – in having a 401k versus a Roth 401k. Is the matching? Well, well, you can get matching in the Roth 401k too. The benefit is... Oh, I'm sorry. That, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the difference between a Roth or between an IRA and a 401k. Sorry. Right. Yes, that, that would be a difference. Yes. So, so the benefit to the traditional 401k over the Roth 401k is that you get a current year tax benefit. Remember earlier in the program when I talked about, let's say you're, you've got a salary of 50 grand. Yeah. And you choose to contribute ten percent of that, which, oh, is, which right. is five grand. So that five grand comes off the top, so to speak, of that fifty, and the IRS says, Oh, you only made forty five grand this year. Uh-huh. We're only gonna tax you on forty five grand. So, you know, whatever the taxes would have been on that five thousand dollars, you've saved that that year. I see. Yeah. Yep. So you you are benefiting in the in the short term. You de- you absolutely you are okay. Yeah, Which you would not sure. get with a an IRA or a, a, a Roth IRA, right? Roth or Roth IRA is though the money that goes into that Roth IRA or Roth four hundred one k that is after tax dollars. Got so it. the IRS has already come in and have their heyday on your salary and taxed the full thing, mm-hmm. and then what's left? Then it goes into the Roth four hundred one k or Roth IRA. Right. Okay. Is uh is there any such thing as rolling an old 401k from an old employer into a new 401k from a current yes. employer? Yes. Yeah. And that oftentimes is it can be a good solution if you've got, you know, I I I argue as if as long as you're getting good help on picking the investments in your new 401k. Um but but certainly that 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 can be done and it kind of keeps things simple. You're not having to manage multiple accounts. You're not having to, you know, walk into a Charles Schwab and open up a, an IRA to roll that money into. You can kind of just keep your eyes on one account. Um, so it, there is there is some simplification benefits by taking an old 401k that's sitting at a, at a former employer and rolling that into your new employer's 401k. Okay. Good. Good point. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, to wrap things up, do you have like a final? or an overall good piece of advice for anyone who's uh, maybe doesn't have a 401k or is sort of confused about uh, what to do with their 401k? Um, we'll certainly certainly give Bloom with three O's uh, a visit um, Absolutely. And, see, and see if we can see if we can be of assistance for you. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this as, as your program was going on is that, you know, the audience that you're reaching, a lot of, I would I would say a preponderance of your listeners have figured out that you know what this 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 personal finance stuff is important. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to I'm going to take time out of my schedule 
and listen to this podcast. So they're getting, obviously they're getting value from listening to what the, the content that you guys are putting out there. So that, that, that person, like it or not, is, is probably in the minority. You know, unfortunately, yeah, a majority unfortunately, of people yeah. don't take a personal interest. Um, and it's not because they're bad people. It's just because they're, they're chasing their careers. They're running kids around to soccer games. You know, they're, they're trying to pay bills. They're trying to, they're try, you know, this life with, with all of our, you know, new technology enhancements, it still seems like it makes it, it's a chaotic life. And, 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 and it's it, over it, some of their heads as well. It's so, yes, exactly. It is for you know, me for some time. Sometimes for all the problems we talked about, because yeah. you know this industry, Wall Street, this industry has done a terrible job, or, or maybe we should say a great job of making it intimidate. <laughs> right. You know, making it hard. Why, why? Why is that? Because they want to try and tell you that you have to have help. You know, you there's no way you could figure this out on your own. Right. And so, so your audience has recognized the value of educating themselves, and mm-hmm. so. The, the people that are probably going to hear this podcast might have a fighting chance of managing their own 401k and doing a decent job at it too. Um, what I'm hoping is that uh, that this podcast and other things will reach some of those people out there that are that are feeling like, you know, I know I should be doing something about this 401k. I know I should be contributing or I know I should be contributing more mm-hmm. or – Heck, I've got eighteen grand in my four hundred and one k, and I don't even know how it's invested. You know, those right. are the people that we hope to reach out there and make a difference for. And um, doing it one person at a time, um, we wouldn't be able to make a big dent in this country. But a scalable technology solution like Bloom, um, it is capable. It, it is possible that we could help a million people fix yeah. their four hundred and one k's. And I'll tell you what, as a a guy who used to have a four hundred one k and didn't know anything to do, didn't know how to use it, didn't know what where was where things were being allocated, hadn't really no uh, knowledge of what was going on with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it were now, I would honestly use Bloom dot com with three O's. <laughs> I'm not, not kidding. You're, you're not going to go buy lipstick with the Bloom with two O's. You're going to Co- fix your four. Correct. <laughs> it's, I'm going to fix my four hundred one k, and and you know why? Because uh, as a person who uses companies like Betterment, uh, mm-hmm. and, and as a techn- te- technology person with uh, it's really big in the automation, mm-hmm. uh, it just seems like a no brainer for me. And, and unfortunately, I do not have an employer. I do not have a four hundred one k at the moment. But mm-hmm. like I said, if I did, I, I would absolutely, uh, I, I would actually. Lie I in actually want to add that uh, we talked a little briefly before the episode, and I happen to have a, an old one with like a little over forty k mm-hmm. that was not rolled over, and. Um, mm-hmm. He agreed that uh, he would he would manage mine, and I will document it for everyone who's listening and, and our readers, so they can really see like what um, Bloom can do to to a four one k. And and mine is I don't think terribly badly allocated, but we'll we'll find out. Hey, I, mean, I can't get better. wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it can I'll, only get better. I'll, I will be very gentle on you if it's really jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show and going into this deep dive of 401ks with us. We really appreciate it, you coming on the show and, and uh, giving us all your great advice and giving us all your knowledge. Guys, if only all the interviews that I hope to have done and hope to do were this fun, it'd be a lot better. I've, been, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, excellent. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. And remember, if you guys have any questions you'd like us to answer, even if it's about 401ks, we'll send them on over to Chris. <laughs> so please email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. That's our email address. And if you like the show, 
We really need you guys to leave a review on iTunes, a written review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. And uh, we're going to read a review that we got. It's a a five-star review. It says, Good Motivator. That's the title of the review. It's from JTurn23. This podcast has motivated me to be more financially responsible. Sure, they might not have all the knowledge, and people should do their own research. But their laid-back approach to money, to talking money, is a big stress reliever. Give it a listen. Thank you, JTurn23. And guys, uh, last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance and money management... You know where to find us, listenmoneymatters.com, and our podcast, listenmoneymatters.com slash show. That's it. Thanks again for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode. So later, guys. Later, man.